this is the City and the Sound Music Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Holt. On today's podcast, we talk to one of my favorite bands in the land, Godstad. Living in Hyattsburg, Mississippi for a number of years, I got to be in a band, hang out, and become close friends with these guys. So, the new album they talk, coming out this Friday called This One Never End, we discuss, as well as the experience of being on the road, and really just being friends. But before we get started, open your ears, expand your mind, and then take a listen to this. Got that. Got that. Oh. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Here today with the boys, we got Ryan. Yes, sir. Joel. Howdy. Colin. Hello. Chandler. Hello. Nick. Howdy. How's it going, guys? Doing great. Yes. I'm going to say, who wants to answer? There's five of us in, in the <laughs> It's like playing Family Feud, man. Say, personally, I'm good, but I don't know about Chandler. Uh, we got... <laughs> Three goods, one uh, great. <laughs> yeah, it, it's going yeah. really well. We just finished up a uh, a little rehearsal of some new songs, so that was really fun to play them live again. It's been a minute. So I guess the first question I'd have is, because um, I've always wanted to ask you guys these questions, but I think I just never got the chance to. So how did you guys form in the first place? An interesting oh, story, actually. Ryan, you uh, got it. So... I moved to Hattiesburg in 2016 and I knew one person when I moved here, like one person mm-hmm. and that was Will Bird, the most handsome guy I know besides <laughs> the man sitting beside me, Joel. <laughs> and, uh, I had all these uh, music ideas that I would record on my iPad and they were pretty bad, uh, <laughs> but I showed them to Will and Will was like, no, these, these aren't bad. These aren't bad. And, uh, 
Will was playing in a local band at the time called Wild Frames. Um, I don't think they're still playing anymore, but they were they were awesome, and I would go to all their shows. And so Will introduced me to uh, Joel and another guy named Jesse. And uh, Will was like, "Let's just play some ideas that my roommate has." And um, the the practices ended up going great, and we ended up writing together and meeting a whole lot of musicians. The lineups changed a lot, but that's that's kind of how we got started. Um, just ideas from an iPad, really. Okay. And so how would you say like the songwriting process is for you guys as a band typically, you know, when you're making that stuff, does it start an iPad or does it like work from demos usually? We, we've graduated from the iPad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We use an iMac. <laughs> we <Yeah>. upgraded. <laughs> yeah. So the process now is, is I think really fun. Um, usually one of us, whether it really could be any of the five of us, uh, we all have like, I mean, hint, hint, it's actually Colin. <laughs> <laughs> a, a lot of things have started. I would say a lot of things have started with me, but they've ended up being completely different than what I like wrote originally. But um, I like to, to just come up with like uh, a chorus here and there or, or whatever. Hypothetically, if I'm the one that's writing this, this has happened with, every, like I said, every person in the band has at least written the beginnings of like a, a song that we play. Um, but I'll, I'll like write out, um, especially for the new album, like I would write out what, what in my mind would be the chorus, uh, just instrumentally, just an idea. Um, and I can't play keys. So a lot of times I would write out something and then I would send the logic session to Joel and then he would track like the first, um, like the first idea for keys and then send it back. And then I'd send it to Nick and Nick would record a bass part and send it back. And then we've got this kind of like shell of like a chorus. And then we would take that and all five of us get into a room at Joel's house that we usually practice in um, and then just start playing with it. Um, and then by the time we start, like to the time we finish, it's just transformed into this whole other thing. And then we usually just write around that. And then once we've got like a shell of like, I, I, like, I would say like 70% of the song, then yeah. at that point, Ryan's and Chandler have like pretty good ideas for um, like lyrics and stuff. And then once we have the song shelled out, Usually Nick is like, what if we did this? And then he's like, he's like, he's like, but guys, hear me out. What if, what if we did this? And then after we do that, he's like, hang on guys. What if we did this? Too? And then, and then that's usually how a song. Plays. Literally every band I'm in hates me for it. I mean, you know, Nick, is that how that guy you bring a song to and he just rips it to shreds. <laughs> But, and, back but it ends up being so much better. I was gonna say it never it's never frustrating because it always ends up like a million times better than what it started. And it's because yeah. of Nick. Nick goes through at least seven cycles of the if you know, what if we what if we <laughs> just lit everything on fire? Instead, you know, just, <laughs> I think I did actually suggest that one. <laughs> That's something that I really like about our songwriting process is that we all have different influences, so we mm -hmm. all hear the song in our own sort of way. And we end up putting it together that way after Colin kind of comes up with the baseline idea. Not literally a baseline, but like, you know, the foundation. It's so much fun. I was going to say the funny thing about that. So the like the idea that I write, like I said, they, they, they change in such different um, into such a different song because like I'm I play the drums like I'm like a very so like very so so guitar player. So I don't know, like yeah. like. I can't, I, at, at any point now, any got that song, I could not play it on guitar. Like I have no idea what they're playing or, or I don't even know how to make my hands, like make those chords or chords. Mm -hmm. I think I'm pretty sure Ryan just made up. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm pretty uh, sure you just tune the guitar to the uh, to the chord you want to play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just tune it. To, it's really all A. Really <laughs> yeah, they don't make any sense to me. It's just one finger all the, all the time. Yeah. So one thing with you guys is I feel like you guys, um, with your sound, as the lineups change, there's kind of, I guess, three distinct eras now because this will be your, the album. So there's, um, I guess, in the Fade era, you know, the Something New era, and then now this will be the This Will Not End era, correct? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I don't want to fuck up the album titles. Like, yeah, whatever the album's called, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Josh, it's, it's actually called This Will Never End. This Will oh. Never End. Ah, that's so that's, your, that's your only strike. <laughs> <laughs> you mess it up again, we're hanging up. Colin's <laughs> <laughs> got that leave icon hovering. He's got that. Yeah. So with the first era, it seems like a lot of the influence that I kind of picked up was like a kind of heavy, like shoegaze sound. Was that like a kind of an early influence of your guys' sound going? And you start up. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. So we were just talking about the songwriting process. And Colin actually started writing Fade. And uh, I actually heard it backwards. So Colin's first chord when he wrote it was actually the second chord. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. Colin was listening to a lot of shoegaze stuff. But we wanted to round it out a little bit um and definitely have some keys in there to make it more us but yeah that's totally correct we were definitely on a shoegaze kick then for sure and let's say i'll add this too, really so loud when when uh will moved and when nick joined the band we kind of had like um like a collective moment where we as a band were, were kind of like i guess talking about it and we were writing some new stuff and it was like we had reached a point to where we didn't want to have a shtick like got that as a dream pop band like they have to play like major seven chords and a bunch of dreamy uh synths and stuff we just wanted to play like good music instead and that's what kind of like something new came out of and then this will never end is just kind of like it's not it's not really similar to either i don't think but it's similar to both in a way Maybe it's the best of <laughs> that's what i like to think well i think it's similar to like the process or that same train of thought of like it's this is in a bit in itself is also something new like this is just like taking another step in the songwriting process and just trying yeah. even more new things that and that was also the time too when like i said nick had just joined the band so we had gotten out of the routine of playing everything like a one to four progression and mm -hmm. nick was like what if we did this this and this and we, <laughs> you know what if we change keys like randomly like or something like well, that uh, hang on no hang on. <laughs> changing key i don't I, I just play the drums i got one key i just play the key the drums <laughs> i think I, I i agree with you like we had different eras and that was probably attributable to us changing members mm -hmm. you know and when nick came on that's when we were really able to like nail down the sound that we have now yeah. i think it's more polished honestly because of nick Honestly, the biggest difference from the fade to something new was that you played a piano sound and I turned my chorus pedal off. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of chorus pedal in in the the new stuff though. I was, I was, yeah, yeah. no major sevens. So. I will say when I heard dog for the first time, it did remind me like I was like this kind of reminds me of Death Cab for Cutie. It's like it's not as yeah. not as not as chorusy, you know. Yeah, I was listening to a lot of uh phoebe bridgers mm -hmm. and playing and then howdy so i was playing in a lot of open tunings so we kind of explored with some open tunings and chandler and dog actually almost almost plays a country sound and lick 
<laughs> I was listening to a lot of country music at the time. Yeah. <laughs> like I said earlier, we just take our. So what I'm learning, it seems like Nick's the most important member of the band. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, listen it's, it's Nick, and then it's Joel, and then way down at the bottom, it's like me, uh, Ryan, and Chandler. Yeah. Really, Colin, Colin's really humble, but like for real, I don't know. Colin is like the energy of the band. So <laughs> like seriously, like yeah. Like that's where, where the energy of the music comes from is from Colin. Well, thanks. Colin is the energy comes from mommy. And yeah. I am. he's the one he's the all one right. telling all of us to like just jump all over his shit, like whenever things yeah. <laughs> he told me to uh <laughs> We he a, told me to kick down his drum kit and and I accidentally cracked his cymbal doing it. Once. Oh shit. Okay. Let me say <laughs> Josh, I'm sorry for the tangent that we're on right here. No, you're good. Like, I love anybody it. listening like can look past it, but let me tell you the story real quick. What Nick said is is a fallacy. <laughs> now, what happened was we were on tour and we were having a lot of fun and we found that it's even more fun if you just if we at the end of the song, at the end of the last song of the set, we just just like knock over everything. Well, we were on the last show and we finished playing and like I had like slipped, like I was like standing up and I slipped and I fell over the drum set. Well, I knocked like Chandler over and I knocked Nick over and knocked Ryan over. I knocked like half my drums over and the song ended and it, it was over. Like they were playing house music and Nick had gotten back up. He looks at me, looks at the one symbol that's still standing looked around and just slowly like knocked it over like a cat like you know a cat like knocked something off the table he just knocked it over and then it cracked my symbol it made it it made it all that abuse and then cracked when nick just like darted his eyes around made eye contact with me and just pushed it over on the floor it's because the symbol knew there was no passion in it (laughs) for what it's worth i'm so sorry I'm like waiting to, to the day you guys do that. And there's like, like a band like right afterwards. It's just like, we got we to gotta move all this shit. <laughs> like, clean, <laughs> clean this up. You get off the stage. <laughs> That's why Brad always made us play last. Yeah. <laughs> or that, that happens in a band. It's like, I was backlining my drums. What? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else's kid. Someone's symbol gets broken. <laughs> like, ah, oh, sorry, dude. It's just, you know. One thing I really always love about you guys is that you definitely like seem like friends. Like I, I know it's it's obviously people want to be in bands with their friends a lot of times, but sometimes it's kind of sometimes I really band of friends, they're just kind of coworkers, but you guys seem like legitimate friends. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. glad that we seem that way, but that's totally not true. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> all <lie. laughs> We're actually no, we're, I'm, we're mortal enemies. I'm actually I'm actually kidding. I think everybody in this Zoom call are probably my only friends. Actually, <laughs> it's funny because like I I recently got married, but well, most of us are married in this band, which is kind of crazy. But I kind of think that we see each other more than our wives at this point. Especially, I, when I literally like yeah, I see Ryan every day. Rehearsals are like half of our rehearsals end up being drinking on joel's porch instead of practicing <laughs> out so much yeah like episode of king of the hill just with you guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, should, what should we play after a long you know yep. how are we going to get from dog to fade well i think you dang old need to dive no dang play, play that guitar <laughs> <laughs> so one question i had was um 
how did you guys because i was just watching the video for cold the other day like what was the process of making that video like (laughs) (laughs) my god it was fun as hell i'll tell you that i I, I would like to say that we gave randy riley z well we didn't give him very much instruction (laughs) (laughs) come in short shorts i think that was it like that's all we told him yeah it was like that in sandals and uh and he went above and beyond yeah i think he i think he just knew kind of the vibe we were going for and he just he went for it and he hit the nail on the head yeah and it was it was so hard to film and you can still see it if you watch because nick's laughing in almost every scene (laughs) (laughs) we're all just laughing so much i i think it took us like an extra two hours to film everything so we had to keep redoing stuff because we're all just laughing yeah we we filmed for like six hours, which to give to give anybody listening to this like a little bit of background, like this song, like the the music video was like a like a field day where we were speed walk racing each other, and then we were being trained by Coach Randy. Um, and uh, yeah, it just like as we were filming, like it just kind of devolved, and we would be like, Randy, what if you just ate a banana like really slow? And, <laughs> <laughs> and like what if nick slipped on it and <laughs> fell that shot got me so hard when he slipped on <laughs> it was so funny i was like how did they make this work <laughs> it I, it actually took a lot of shots to get that right like, yeah we we spent i spent way too much like me yeah. and ethan were basically the only ones doing the banana Oh yeah, up. yeah. Poor, and poor it took, Ethan too. It was definitely like thirty minutes of the whole thing. I like, say, yeah. I I think I like Ethan Mack or Ethan McKinley. Uh, that's his actual name. Ethan Mack is what I call him. But he he filmed our music video for like next to nothing, just because he was like, I just want to hang out. And then he didn't realize that he was gonna film for eight hours in the sun. <laughs> It was literally like 90 degrees out there and we're wearing sweatpants. Oh, God. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Can it's I get the banana fun. bloopers like of just 30 minutes of Nick trying to like slip on that banana? Like, I, I, I legitimately will send them to you. There's like, <laughs> there's probably an hour's worth of footage of just Nick, like literally not even slipping on a banana. He was trying to get his facial expression right. And so there's like, there's like at least like, there's at least like seven or eight takes of Nick just going, oh, like, <laughs> so he was being so calculated about it. He would put his foot on the banana and then start walking backwards and counting his steps. <laughs> hey, it takes a a lot of work to get it right like yeah the, nick is a dedicated that's why it's the best shot. that's why it's the best shot he's a dedicated actor for sure dedicated <laughs> banana slipper man yeah <laughs> it's such a classic bit but it, i don't know nick made it funny again it's just- well you know i uh i actually did slip on a banana pill once too on that's that's where yeah, that idea came, came from. from we were in pittsburgh and we were walking to a gas station to get some drinks and on the uh on the way back uh, we were like walking down this street and I just, I slipped on, I didn't know what, like, I just like, I mean, feet came, like, both feet un- came out from underneath me and I just fell so hard and I got up and looked down and it was a banana. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I couldn't believe it. Like I, I figured that that was only something that happened in cartoons and movies, but yeah, like that 100% happens. Very much a real world problem. I was mad if I was actually kind of mad just cause like, <laughs> like how could this happen? How to could me? this happen? We're just, we're just how trying could to this happen to what the bananas out yeah. in the world. Anyway. People just leave hanging. Anyway, 
Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of tour, um, whenever you guys go on tour, like I always kind of like got like, kind of tune in to see what you guys are doing, like on your Instagram and everything. You guys always have like have seemed like to have the the funnest tour experiences. <laughs> so I guess the question I have is like, what would you say is like the I guess like the funnest tour experience and the exact opposite, the worst tour experience. <laughs> what a uh, good question. Somebody else go first. Man, the funnest one is like really hard. Cause do you want to, I'm trying to think, should we talk about like the best show or like the best time we had in a city? Cause I mean, those aren't always synonymous. I think, I think they both count. I mean, either one. It, uh, the best experience would involve scooters. Oh, 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 San Antonio. Yeah, San Antonio. Tell us about that. Scooting around San Antonio, because, like, the downtown area is just so old, and it's, like, these old bricks. And we were on tour with our friends in Astragal, so it was five of us and four members of Astragal. Well, one guy was a photographer, but he's pretty much in the band. So we just had a whole scooter gang taking up the entire street, just flying down on bird scooters, went on down to the Alamo. Will ramped over the damn Alamo. <laughs> over See, the whole thing. Also, so that was tour like 2018 or 19. And here's the thing about those scooters. Like, I'm sure they got them in Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, they used to be so much faster than they are yeah, now. They like, <laughs> like, you could get up to like 30. Like, I, I swear. That's and dangerous. I couldn't, I couldn't oh, even believe yeah. that. But like, we were flying. Mm-hmm. And I mean that. I mean we own we we owned that city. Honestly, there was also, <laughs> there was also the time in DC whenever we lost Nick for like several hours, <laughs> and his, his phone had died, and the rest of the band was all like we were all just riding around. We had no idea where Nick was, and like was raining, we were right? all trying to call him, and he wasn't answering. And it had been yeah, like so we're, several we're hours. Just walking, we're yeah. just walking down the street, and it's starting to rain. We're like, where in the world is Nick? And we all look left, and Nick flies. Yeah. <laughs> you had been missing for like two hours <laughs> and he was like smiling here because he was like i don't know i had so much fun though <laughs> but so, outside of like that kind of stuff i think my favorite show that we've played on tour i don't want to speak for like everyone but one of my favorite shows we've ever played was in um philadelphia that's yeah. that's mine also. It was just such a good show. Sure. We met so many sweet people there. We played a really cool show in Oakland. Oh, yeah. that was a really, that one yeah. was really Oakland cool. was really cool too. Um, here's here's my favorite tour experience, and this is going to sound. I don't understand how this is going to sound, but looking back, it's my favorite memory I think of my life, and I'm I'm married. Um, <laughs> I'm married. <laughs> so we were playing in Denver, um, and we were playing at this place called the Horse House which is run by some really sweet people. It's such a good space. I, I hope they're still doing shows uh, post pandemic. Um, but it's, it was such, it was a basically like a, like a basement, but I mean, it was so well run. Like it was, it sounded so good in there. Like it's such a good uh, atmosphere and like people were sweet and a great turnout of the show. And we think we played like on a Monday and it was still like super sick. But anyway, all that to say uh, Chandler started doing this thing on tour back then where we play is this it and you know that that song has like mm-hmm. this you know it's kind of like this uh slow burn and then it like has this little part where it gets quiet and then it gets real loud you know at the end and chandler was doing this thing where he'd get on his amp and he'd jump off and this is when i was playing bass and got that <laughs> will was playing drums and uh chandler chandler gets on his amp mind you we're in a basement 
He does not. He does not stop to think about the fact that this is a basement. And you know, the songs go on. Pow! You know, Chandler goes to jump off his amp and just like I'm talking full force, smacks his head on the ceiling, yeah, <laughs> like so hard. And I at first, so I'm playing bass beside him, and he's wobbling like with his head, like almost between his knees. And he's like, cause he's only playing one chord to the end of the song and he's wobbling with his head down like this. And I'm dying of laughter. Like, <laughs> like it's so funny that he smacked his head on the ceiling and everybody there was like, Ooh, you know? <laughs> and then the song ended and he just fell down <laughs> and laying there like limp on the floor. And I was like, Oh no. Like he actually hurt himself. And so like, I like, moved his stuff out of the way and we like picked him up and put him on a couch in a closet <laughs> and just left him there and uh, left him there. we cleaned up yeah but i said we cleaned up and we we went we went upstairs and they had a freezer upstairs i had some frozen vegetables so we put those on his head and he woke up like a few hours later and was like i need to go to the hospital <laughs> and, and we we're like chandler no you're fine you just hit your head and he was like oh i gotta go to the hospital and then like 30 seconds later joel handed him a piece of pizza and he ate it and he was like never mind i'm fine <laughs> and then he he slept for like three days after that. <laughs> yeah, was, the rest of the tour was kind of a days. I can't believe, Colin, that you use that story as one of your favorite moments. It's so funny. It's funny. Man had a concussion. You're like hilarious. Chandler's <laughs> yeah. had a lot of crazy moments like that. Like there's one car in Philly that has a scuff mark on the side. Oh yeah, so we were driving around because we were throwing a frisbee in the middle of the road, and Chandler <laughs> so hard and just hit it right on the side of the car, like threw it right at the door. There's a lot of Chandler I think got video footage of that. Oh, we so. did. That's a great. I, it's so hard to nail down because like we've toured so much, and every single time it's like the most unexpected, crazy shit happens. Mm -hmm. yeah. I can think of. I can think of the worst moment, which ended up turning into something really sweet, though. So it's hard to even say it was the worst. But when we were in Salt Lake City, it must have been 2019 in January. So it was freezing cold. It's actually this is actually what the song Cold is kind of about is this experience. But uh, Joel, were you driving or was Will driving? Someone was driving the van when we broke out the window. Broke your window out of the oh, snow. Yeah. yeah. So somebody took a sharp curve and the bass drum is sitting in its case in the back of the van and it hit the back window so hard that the window shattered. The whole back Jeez. window is shattered and it's what, 15 degrees outside? Absolutely freezing cold. So we're like, well, we got to fix this in the morning. Um, we pull up to the venue. We play the show after the show everybody's being so sweet and then the van won't start the battery's dead so it's like one in the morning freezing cold we can't even turn on the van and get in the heat but the people that were there were so sweet they took people that we have never met before i think colin may have met this person one time um or, or no, did you, did you, did he grow well, up around? This it was a guy I went to high school with that I hadn't, yeah. seen, I hadn't seen in probably five years. Yeah. Um, but even other people were like offering to help out, drove Joel to Walmart to pick up a new battery, helped us replace yeah. it. Not only that, they let us stay at their place, made beds for us, made breakfast for us and everything the next yeah. morning. So great. it was a bad situation, but the people were just so kind that I can't even look at that as like the worst experience. 
But yeah, I think that it was, was definitely cold. Though. It was definitely that cold. Was... <laughs> We're all huddled around yeah. a space heater for like. And something I didn't realize minutes. is that in Salt Lake City on a Sunday, we played on a Sunday, mm-hmm. everything's closed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because those Mormons got to go home. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mississippi, we know that too. But yeah. yeah. Everything's closed on Sunday. But that, that ended up being a good experience, though. Yeah. I really don't. I don't know if I have a worse experience. Um, uh, I don't know. There have been times where I was about to beat the shit out of Ryan. Um, and then and then I didn't because I'm, you know, so humble. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you were talking about earlier that, like, you can tell we're like all really good friends. But like being in a van with anyone for mm-hmm. two to two, three weeks. You, you can get annoyed at each other, but we're such, we're so yeah. close to each other. If we get annoyed, we'll let each other know and we'll fix it. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we all have like really healthy ways. We, we don't, we like, I probably like, we, we maybe get mad at each other once every two years, but like when that, when that does happen, we work it out real good, you know, uh-huh. real well. Sorry. <laughs> real good. Real good. We work it out. <laughs> <laughs> So what would you yeah, say? Yeah, we just the, whoever's fighting gets in the back of the van, they kiss and <laughs> and then and then we're good. They have to hold hands for 30 minutes. Yeah. I think we're all vaccinated, so we can do that again. Yeah. Backseat, make out. Yeah. I think uh I think Philip Tapscott told me there was a, a outtake of the cold video where I think Joel and Nick were really close, I think. <laughs> I <heard. laughs> is there, is there? <laughs> We we oh, did sneak out in that bed. Oh no, yeah, no. two hours. They had to pry us apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That video just caught the end of that that whole session between me. And yeah, me. it was it was pretty intense. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we had a, we had a really big fight beforehand, so that's what was happening. <laughs> you were making up. <laughs> we were making up. Yeah, making up and making out. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> so I guess one question I have is um. So what was the writing process like, or what was the making process of making this, you know, the album? Like, I know you guys have made EPs before and everything like that. And obviously this was made at your guys' house. Like, what was the process like? Was it enjoyable, you know, working with Will Foley, you know, again, everything like that? Yeah, dude. I mean, Will Foley is, is our beautiful baby boy. Mm-hmm. Um, Will, Will is basically also in this band because he's so incredibly talented and like mm-hmm. it's good at everything he does. And he's like been outside of Gotha, if we never would have been in Gotha, he still would be like our best bud. And so like, uh, he is really good at understanding the way that we sound and want to sound. And then can like, is really good at telling us when things sound bad too. Mm-hmm. That was uh, exactly and, what I wanted to say about it. But yeah, I guess the process of making it, so it was the same thing, like with the other stuff, like I, we said earlier, like most of these songs started out in my spare bedroom where i would write a chorus and then uh it would change a billion times the whole process we talked about earlier and then we jammed them all out got them to where we wanted them to sound good and we tracked some demos and sent them to will and he sent back a bunch of like thoughts on them and then he asked us to send like what if what we want the record to sound like like if we could compare it to like other records as far as mix goes and things like that mm-hmm. and so we all kind of like weighed in there and then um he came down from nashville for a few days and we set up in Joel's house. Uh, Joel has a wonderful house for recording with a big tall ceiling and um, like rooms that are on a balcony. So you can kind of look and see each other, but we can track separately at the same time. And we just spent like three days with Will 
knocking out each one um, and then going back over and Will did his, Will did Will things, you know, like mm -hmm. I really don't, I don't, I don't know how he made it sound so good, but he did. Can't, can't say enough good things about Will Foley. Man. Will's the best. We would, I mean, any band out there that is, is like, enjoys the sound of anything that we have, it's, it's, it's Will Foley. And we can point you towards him and I'm sure he would appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, Will Foley, like he has the vision for sure. And, you know, we come to him with songs and he makes them a hundred times better. I don't think there's any single person we could work with to really get the sound that we have without him, to be honest. Cause like, we're all really close mm -hmm. and, and Will included. Cause he's like kind of part of this band now too, like Colin had mentioned, but like, he just, he communicates really well with us because we're so tight, you know, like he's like, Something I've heard from him a lot is Ryan, you've got to sing that again because you can do better than that. Um, <laughs> you can say it in like a really nice way, but also, but, but not just say track it again. You know, he's always got really good suggestions. That dude is just so experienced and talented. Yeah, it, it also, it also helps. I'll add this to It helps that Will is also a fantastic musician himself. Mm -hmm. So like he, he's not like one of those people who like engineer and produce that like, just were like, that was, you could do it better, but you know, I don't really know how, or like, I don't even know, like how to, he knows how to communicate exact, like, oh, like that would be better if like the tone on your bridge pickup was like a little bit brighter and you played like this, this note versus that note. And like you did inversions on the bass, like he knows exactly what he's talking about every time. And so like, that really helps. That's Will exactly. actually uh, tracked bass on one of the tracks. Oh. He did. Yeah. Will's actually on the record playing. On the, uh, on the intro. Yeah. Out everywhere tomorrow. Not tomorrow. tomorrow. Tomorrow's Thursday. <laughs> Friday. Yeah, Friday. I mean, well, it'll probably be PM tomorrow. I guess, like, if you're going May twenty first. What would you say was kind of? Would you say is the with the easiest song to like make in the album and the hardest song? Hmm. Question. I think the easiest one was was probably death for two reasons because we wrote it all together we wrote that all together at the exact same time that didn't happen with like colin sending tracks and stuff like we literally wrote all the music and all the lyrics together for that one so that one was pretty easy to record um i think the hardest the two hardest were probably devil's ivy and alone that's what i think i, I yeah i agree devil's ivy um I can only speak for myself personally because I just track, you know, track the drums. But like Devil's Ivy has got one of the simplest drum parts, but it's the hardest to like get um, perfect. I don't like, you know what I mean? I don't know if that sounds right or not. But it's like, because the groove is kind of slow. If, if you don't sit in it just right, it's not going to work with that drum track. Yeah. So like, you know, when we were writing the song, like Nick actually wrote that one. Uh, yeah. And then we came around it and like, you know, mess with it a whole lot and flesh it out but like um it was so hard for me to like get locked in at first because it's like i wanted to play it like you know like up tempo because it's so loud and it's so big but like it was like nick and ryan and joel like convincing me like well chandler too like this song sounds better if you play that same velocity but like 30 bpm slower yeah and so like recording that on drums like i'd be really uh like really cognizant of like not really. that, was, 
And that was the first song for me where my guitar part wasn't one that I had written. Um, Cause Nick wrote a guitar part that I did not want to mess with at all. Uh, <laughs> because Nick's like just a great guitarist and it fits so well with the song. So I was like, I want to play it exactly how Nick did rather than take my own spin on it because I think that's exactly what the song needs. And I play guitar a lot differently than Nick does. So just getting used to those chord changes in that one was, was kind of tough. But now that I've got it, boy, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I got down Pat. Oh, God. <laughs> I was actually, with that song, I was actually a little, I was inspired by Dog. I was like, we need yeah. songs with mm-hmm. these chords in them. And so I took all of the chords with Dog and added some more. And yeah. So he ended up it's with like, that. how can we make Dog even more complex? <laughs> <laughs> it was another, what if we did? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. That's just what Nick does. He's the arranging mastermind. I can't help <laughs> So I guess um, you guys have all spoken on this when you guys uh, posted the song alone. You guys have all pointed to it as being your favorite Got That song. What is it about that song that makes it your favorite song, Got That? Who's going to answer that one? I guess we all could a little bit. You don't want me to start? Let's just go with the old-fashioned, uh, let's just go to the old-fashioned round table. All right. So I'll start. Um, first off, this is the only song on the record I think that I wrote mostly. Um, I think Colin kind of started most of these and Nick started one, but this is one that I wrote and then brought to the band. Yeah, um, like, I, like I wrote the first progression, like the guitar, the chord progression that is the intro of that song, and then it even changed from there. Like Ryan took it and was like, I, yeah. I, I got it. Um, just went through an experience with a friend and I wanted to write about it. So the lyrics in that song just mean a whole lot to me personally. Um, and when you play a song that really speaks to you, I guess, it, it just it just means more, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and we try. I tried my best. We all tried our best to reflect the music with the lyrics, which sometimes, especially in our band, we typically write the music first and then the lyrics. But we kind of did this one a little bit the other way around and I just think that the song sounds exactly like what it's supposed to mean if that mm-hmm. makes sense but maybe it doesn't make sense um Colin probably it, knows what I'm trying to say <laughs> it, make, it makes sense to me I mean the yeah to piggyback off what Ryan said the lyrics are are really heartfelt I feel like and then for me personally the key part is is one of my favorite key parts that I've ever written. Oh yeah, and I we liked it so much that we turned it into a horn part. Yeah, um, <laughs> as in we've never had a horn in any song of of Goth Dads. Um, so yeah, that that for me was 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 why that this song is my favorite that we've ever written. Yeah, I actually had to like do a couple vocal lessons to be able to sing the melody in that one, just because I can't sing very well. <laughs> like the grew a bit that's a run to me <laughs> like that's a <laughs> aguilera like one to me so we we all put a whole lot of work into mm-hmm. this especially um yeah if y'all want to speak on it i don't know if you want um yeah i mean i think pretty much uh 
y'all really hit the hit the nail on the head with that one i think the intentionality of the song is like the biggest like every single part was just so very intentional um i think Mm -hmm. probably just because the source material for the lyrics was just like a very uh personal it was a very intimate very um yeah like a very personal thing and um you, i don't know i feel like we took the most care on that song and um yeah. just through like you know each writing our parts each uh even the, like the the tracking we wanted to make sure every take was the right take um yeah i think i think for me like ditto to what everybody else just said but like it was the first i, I it was the first song we wrote on this new album actually mm-hmm. uh, other than some ideas that got scrapped. Uh, but it was really the first one that was like, whoa. And I remember like we had like the logic session that we've been sending around and like we maybe had like played it through kind of what we wanted once. But then by the time we like realized kind of what the song was going to sound like, I remember distinctly like we had a, you know, we were practicing pretty regularly to try to write this stuff out um, so we could, you know, record it. And um, we played it through like the first time as a band, like exactly the way it sounds on the record mm-hmm. minus, minus the trumpet. And uh, I just remember like we played it and we all kind of like looked at each other and we're like, damn, like, yeah, you know, like that, this, like this song, this song is like something special, I think. Um, and I like other songs we've written, we like, we always like get, you know, excited about them when we play them and realize that they sound how we want them to. But like with that one, it was kind of like a special moment, but I don't think we've ever had before where we're like, oh like this is this is like we like this is a good song i think you know not even our songs that have been quote unquote like commercially successful like fade you know like i don't remember having that same exact feeling like yeah yeah i I was very surprised when fade like kind of became like our biggest song personally but it was (laughs) like uh, and I don't know, like, and maybe, you know, maybe alone, like, you know, doesn't get that same sort of traction or response, but it's still a very special song uh, mm-hmm. to play. And yeah, it's just absolutely my favorite. Would you say like, um, it seems like kind of that trumpet in the, in the song kind of, at least to me, gives me big like Phoebe Bridges bribes, like Kyoto. <laughs> that was like the first thing I thought. I was like, okay, this is Ryan. Get your little. Horn. I was like, that's I knew he was wearing it. I was like, is he wearing yeah. the shirt? Ryan Ryan was first trumpet in the New <laughs> Orchestra at Ole Miss. Yeah, true. Somehow, true story. <laughs> I don't think there's anyone in this call who doesn't adore that album. <laughs> definitely listen to it too much <laughs> still do so i guess what would you say for people to expect from the new album as far as forward you know like what would you say the vibe is or would you say just unexpected unexpected hmm. nick's got something to say uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if i have something to say <laughs> he, he, uh, nick just looked at me like i was the only thing expects the best baselines you get <laughs> if nothing else <laughs> Yeah, I don't I know. know. Chandler was talking about like intentions and everything. And I think that we've put, I mean, we always put thought into our songs, but I think for this one, especially, we put the most thought into all of the parts and all of the lyrics. So there's a lot of <sighs> shit. 
there's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of detail. <laughs> like, I feel like we put the most uh, attention to detail in this, in this album and tracking this album and writing it. Like every other one, it seemed like we, we kind of found this vibe that was like, Oh, this is a cool vibe. And then we just kind of like, you know, messed around in it. And like, we took like, you know, we just basically each kind of take a few takes on recording it. But this one was like, I felt like for each track on this one, we all had a very clear idea of, uh, of like what we wanted to do. And um, yeah, I think it was just like the attention to detail uh, on this record that I think makes it stand out for me personally yeah. from the other ones. Yeah. Some uh, new chord progressions in here. We tried to stray away from what we've done in the past, which is bounce back from one and four, like Chandler was saying, just to find that vibe. And um, especially since Nick joined the band, he's really challenged us um, to add a lot more with our instrumentation and in, in terms of like arrangements and stuff. So there's, right. there's a lot more of that, <laughs> which, makes it a lot, which makes it a little bit harder to play, but I think it sounds a lot better. I love it. Yeah, I was gonna say too, like sound wise, it's like, you know, it, it's different, but like similar to some of the other stuff. It's kind of like, it's like if you cross like the Fade era with the Dog era, but made it way louder mm -hmm. um, and a lot more. It is loud. It's a lot louder and maybe like more mad. Uh, the songs are a little yeah. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of the songs are really mad. I don't know why. We're not. We're not mad. Um, <laughs> the songs are mad at us. <laughs> <laughs> They're not mad. They're just disappointed. <laughs> just like a dad. <laughs> just like a dad. And what would you guys say, I guess, at this time, you know, I know that you guys, um, um, is it Saturday that you guys are playing a show for the first uh, time, you know, Friday. a long time? Friday. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Friday. First, okay. time, first time in well over a year. Yeah. I'm so excited. And boy, it's been showing in practice. Excited <laughs> and, and nervous and it's, it's weird. It's weird to be playing in front of people again. Yeah, I haven't. We used to play so much that I wouldn't get nervous at all. And we're going to be playing in front of people that we know very well. Like we've played in Ruston plenty of times, but I'm kind of nervous too, just because it's been so long. I'm extremely nervous. I don't get nervous actually. Actually, it feels like the first time. I don't know if I'm nervous about this. I'm not. Maybe I. Maybe I should be nervous. I'm well, usually maybe not nervous. nervous. Yeah, usually. I'm. I am excited. I'm actually really excited. Yeah, I'm like, excited. It's been. It's been a while since we've played in front of people, and yeah. I'm honestly, just I'm like ready to 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 communicate with people again. I, like I am. Yeah, I am anticipatory. Honestly, yeah, I guess that's the more the word yeah. to say. I'm, I'm really excited to see their reaction to our new material mm -hmm. um, because I think two or three of the songs that we're going to play during the set, no one outside of us and like I think our wives or Will has heard before. So I I actually leaked the whole album to Inside Voices, so they've heard it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they've heard it. Damn it! So I'm sorry. They, they know the songs. Alan's the leak. And what would you get say is the guys as far as the future of got that going forward? Fun. <laughs> We're gonna have fun. Period. Yeah, that's actually kind of a that's actually kind of a question that I think we all sort of have right now. Um, because things are just now starting to open up a little bit. I think some some shows are starting to come back, but I don't I don't think a tour is gonna happen anytime soon. But 
I personally am moving a couple states away in August. I'll be living in Fort Worth, Texas, but I still think we're going to try to at least write and get together and maybe record a little bit, but we don't really know what's going on on the show's front there. Yeah. It'll, that, the show's front really depends on like how accessible shows become again, um, because if they become more and more accessible, then that means there's a lot of opportunity for us to like really like we could play a decent amount, even with Ryan not here. Um, but it would depend oh, on like if it's like if we show would just get a like a robot version. Yeah, <laughs> just like a hologram. Ryan, honestly, but just, honestly like, Ryan, like Ryan is probably the weakest link anyway. So <laughs> yeah, the one who that dude wrote like most of the songs. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole thing, like we were kind of like trying to figure that out too, and that's why the album. Well, there's a lot of reasons why the album is called this, but one of the reasons why the album is called This Will Never End is because, like, Got That, it's like, even if Ryan's away, like, it's never going to end because really Got That, the core of it is not, like, a band. It's kind of more like... A lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) That's not not what I was going to say. I say it's a cult. It's it's actually, I was going to say, it's more just like, it's more just like the, like, very, 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 I think, this is going to sound kind of a cliche maybe but like the very like strong like pal like friendships that we have with each other and like got that has turned into because like when i joined got that i really didn't know ryan or joel um i really didn't know anybody i knew them a a little bit but not that much and like every single person in here is like literally my like i would i don't know y'all are my best friends in the world like i would probably i would maybe die for you i don't know maybe die Yeah, like Colin was just Colin was just saying like he barely knew me when he joined Got Dad, but then like two years later he's standing like in my wedding. <laughs> so we've we've all gotten very close through this experience. So yeah, regardless, I that, yeah, let's say regardless, like we'll still make music and play and like maybe we may not be able to tour all the time, but like we'll still be able to play shows and like play a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, the internet makes it pretty easy to write songs now too over the internet. Like, oh yeah, we bounce sessions back and forth every now and then too. So we've got a uh, we've got a studio working too. Yeah, and we 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 honestly, I've talked about thought about this too. We may just kick Ryan out of the band. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll I'll sing and we'll play, just change play the, drums. the name to Boss Dad. Boss Dad. Goth. Or Lost Dad. <laughs> Goth son, goth mom. Goth son. Goth dad went and had a kid. Would it be like Puritan mom if it was like the opposite of goth dad? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Whoa. that's a good idea. I love that. Good word. Good word. What's Josh. really funny about that is like we were on tour. Okay, so when I first started our Instagram account, somebody named Goth Mommy started following us, and I was like, "This is so sick." We were on tour in Denver, and this dude came up. He was like, "Goth dad." I was like, "Yeah," and he goes. I'm goth mommy. <laughs> I actually met the goth mommy while we were playing. He was actually he was actually singing in the band we were playing with. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. We had no awesome. idea. Did not put that together. Didn't know that we were married to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to thank you guys for being on this podcast. You guys are one of my favorite bands. Like just hands down there's always that oh thing where you're like when you, you meet local music you're like is it good and you guys fucking exceed expectations every single time <laughs> thanks josh it's really sweet well, i can tell you how so you so much 110 percent yeah no problem, man. i hope you're doing well in birmingham 
I am. I'm, I think I'm, I'm doing pretty good here. You know, it's, uh, it's being here in Alabama, you know, so. Well, hell, man. I was say, this, is, this, is, uh, this is our interview now, so I got a question for you. Uh, <laughs> so, welcome to the Got That Podcast, everybody. <laughs> the Got Podcast. In the quickness. Um, are you, so how, how is Brother Josh working right now? Like, are you able to, I know that you've like played a little bit, but like, are you like going back and forth or are you playing a good bit in Birmingham? How's that working out? Uh, I mean, so far I really haven't played that much. Like as, as far as the band goes, I mean, we, we play the show in, you know, in February and that was nice. Um, yeah. but I, to, to speak on it, I really don't know the future of the band. Uh, to be honest, it's just kind of, it's been kind of hard to do like, you know, Thomas moved away. Uh, we don't yeah. really have a guitarist right now lead one so it's kind of just well, it's kind of up in the air in a way you know? i will say i know a guitarist that's about to get kicked out of got that i've heard some of the little clips uh, you put on instagram though they're really tight thanks man yeah. how quick is the quickness <sighs> so you know it can't it can't break like the speed of light but the <laughs> speed of sound is pretty damn close so it's, it's that quick <laughs> That, that's pretty quick. Yeah, I know. You you got to you think about it for a second. It's there, you know. <laughs> nice. Well, guys, I hope you guys have a good night. Yeah, thanks yeah, so much. For this is thanks, really man. Thanks for having us. No problem, guys. Love you. All right. Love you too, guys. Peace. All right, we'll be seeing you. All right, sleep good. Okay. All right. All right, All right, All right now. I want to thank God that for being on today's podcast. If you guys can, this Friday, this will never end comes out. Check it out. It's going to be bomb. It's going to be bomb because their music is bomb. So this is the City in the Sound podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Holt. I'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.